29 years ago today, an ordinary holiday setting in Livonia turned into a nightmare. A four-year-old boy being at a bustling shopping mall just a few weeks before Christmas, imagining what that would feel like under those conditions. What happened to Dwan Sims? And if he's still alive, where is he? This is The Daily J. I'm Zach Clark. Growing up in any area, there are going to be stories that are permanently etched into our memories. Think about the blackout of 2003. And of course, Dwan Sims. On December 11th of 1994, Dwan's mother, Dwana Wiggins, said she and her son went to the Wonderland Mall in Livonia to get him a Power Rangers toy. But Dwana said that that never happened. Why? Because she alleges her son was kidnapped. I think what's fascinating about the Dwan Sims disappearance for nearly 30 years now is that there are a couple of generations of people who can relate to it. Each year, I post about his disappearance on the calendar date. Many people draw a connection with the Sims disappearance, certainly a group of people who grew up in the 90s and can remember where they were or remember first hearing about the missing person case. And just to know that he was only four years old and if today, if he's still living, he's well into his 30s, that really is sort of heartbreaking to people and fascinating really at the same time. That right there is the voice of Detroit journalist and historian Ken Coleman. As a parent, or anybody really, this story is wildly heartbreaking. The holiday should be a joyous occasion, not one of fear and anguish. I can't imagine what that would be like. But making it even more disturbing, Ken points out that it really could have happened to anyone. Do you think part of the reason that people are fascinated by it is because if what Dwana said happened, happened, that it could have happened to absolutely anybody? I remember seeing in the mid to late 90s surveillance video and just seeing the traffic going in and out of Wonderland Shopping Center. And, you know, we've all kind of been there either as children or as parents. The hustle and bustle of going in and out of a shopping mall just a few weeks before Christmas and just knowing the level of activity there, it really jolted a lot of people. And I can remember my young toddler walking out of the front door of our apartment and we were freaking out because we didn't know for a second where it was. And so I think people draw a connection to it because there's a certain human element, obviously, to the missing person case. A four-year-old boy being at a bustling shopping mall just a few weeks before Christmas, imagining what that would feel like under any circumstance, but what it would feel like under those conditions at that time. This got me thinking, just how big of an issue are missing children? I mean, one missing child is a catastrophe, I know that, but how pervasive is this problem? John Bischoff is the vice president of the Missing Children Division for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and I was shocked by the numbers he gave me. Over the past year, we've assisted law enforcement with nearly 30,000 reports of missing children in the U.S. that we've been asked to assist with. We know the numbers higher than that, certainly. If you look at the FBI data as to the number of children who are put into the National Crime Information Center, that number is much higher in the 300,000 range. But those children are found very quickly, come home before any big search or reports need to take place. Most of those children come home fairly quickly, within the first couple of days, within the first week even. But then you have unfortunate cases like Dewan's case here, where it's stretched out 29 years. And we do have those cases that occur from time to time. Heartbreaking and unfortunate. And, you know, we need the public's help here to drive leads and new information in the search for Dewan. 
The more I think about Dwan Sims, the more it reminds me of Jimmy Hoffa. Not that Dwan and Jimmy are similar, but both have been missing for decades, though still stay on the public's mind because every few years the case is stirred. In the Sims case, that last stir happened in 2019 when somebody came forward. A young man who um, thought that he might be Dwan Sims. I remember a graphic artist coming up with a rendering of what he might look like, Dewan, in his 30s. And so every time there's these sort of new ripples or developments, it sort of harkens people back to that time in the mid-90s. Young African-American, four years old, people's sense that his mother may not be forthright adds to it. And it's one of these missing person cases that I think probably for the next 10 or 20 years, it makes it fascinating. Dewana died in 2020, and I learned that she passed. I passed it through my social media feed. And so as these developments happen over the years, it harkens people back. Ken mentioned the artist's rendering of the images you may see of Dewan now. They show him as an adult. If he's alive, he'd be 33 years old. I always wondered how those worked. So I asked John. Every two years after he went missing, we'll do what's known as an age progression up until the age of 18. Over the age of 18, we developmentally slow down. So we'll do it once every five years over the age of 18. Now, what our forensic artists do, it's a little bit of art. It's a little bit of science. They take family reference samples. You know, when, when you were younger, you may have had a, a relative look at you and say, you know what, you've got your mom's nose. So we'll take family reference samples of family members around the same age of the individual that we're looking at today. So we know it's not an exact photo, nor is it intended to be. What it's intended to do is to drive someone to take a look at it and say, you know what, that looks familiar. That looks like the guy I work with. That looks like the person who just moved in down the street. It's a composite drawing and have somebody recognize a feature in that. And if they recognize something, who knows, it may turn into the very lead that cracks this case completely wide open. I said that last stir in the Sims case was in 2019, but that's not exactly true. Dwana Wiggins, Dwan's mother, she died in 2020. Surveillance video from Wonderland Mall shows her, but the video never shows Dwan. She also reportedly failed two polygraph tests after he went missing. For those reasons, the general suspicion has been with Dwana, but she was never charged. I asked John if her death hinders things. With that case, you know, answers possibly went away with her when she passed away. And that's unfortunate. But the good news across the board for every missing child case is that technology keeps getting better and better. We have forensic tools at our fingertips today that we couldn't even dreamt of in 1994. When it comes to like family genetic genealogy, we have other tools and resources working to help find these missing children. And if Dewan's out there, our hope is to one day absolutely find him. And we, to this day, have hope that he is. We've seen it proven too many times where people who have gone missing as children found alive and well today. And that's what helps us as an organization keep hope alive. There are few people that know our area better than Ken Coleman. It's why he's a frequent guest on this podcast. So I wondered if he thought Dwan would ever be found. Well, you know, obviously the Hoffa case is, is probably one of the most noted cases over the last 50 years. But the Dewan Sims case is right up there. You would hope that with the modern technology that we have, that somehow through 
DNA or, you know, some type of forensic technology uh, through a law enforcement agency that we'd ultimately learn what happened to DeWan Sims. I'm hopeful. It's painful for me. I mean, I was a young reporter at the Michigan Chronicle when all this happened. You would hope through technology that there is closure to this case. I think that a lot of people lament even having to hear about it and not know that there is closure or has been closure. Even though it has been almost 30 years since Dwan disappeared, the search has never stopped. John says all it takes is one tip. Our hope is that somebody out there knows something. You know, honestly, all it takes is one person to step forward and be a hero. We want to find Dwan. Three minutes is too long to be without a missing child, let alone nearly 30 years. It's long past due for us to find answers about Dwan. Keeping his name in the public eye, we've seen children come home. I mean, you know, just last year we had Melissa Eisman. She was missing 51 years. These cases are out there. There's a good chance they're out there somewhere. We've seen these recoveries happen, and that's what helps us as an organization keep hope alive for so many. And it's what we do day in and day out. You know, we're at 29, and hopefully I'm not talking to you again in a year, but if Dewan is still missing, then we're here for you and helping to keep the word out. Yeah, I mean, John, hopefully the next time you and I speak, it's about, you know, finding Dwan. That would be great. Exactly. Exactly. I'll take that one. Is Dwan Sims alive? I don't know, though John seems hopeful. But here's what we do know. This case is still active. And if it's ever to be solved, it will likely be on a tip from somebody just like you. And what a story that would be. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. WWJ is always live on AM 950 in Detroit, or you can listen wherever you are by downloading the Odyssey app and favoriting WWJ. 